Welcome to The Room, where we talk about the hard parts of leadership that every great leader goes through, but no one wants to talk about. I'm Jenny Dufresne, host of The Room podcast and CEO of Leaders Transform, a business growth training firm. I am a global leader, former United States Marine, international best-selling author, community, and business leader. The Room is your safe space. We'll talk about the things that are difficult for leaders, the tough stuff that leaders aren't willing to be vulnerable about, but we really need to. So come on in, close the door, join me in the room. I know leaders and I know leadership. Today I got a real gut punch, like a real serious gut punch. So many of you have probably been following the horrific, horrible, gut-wrenching news about the mass murder of 10 African-American people in Buffalo, New York. It took place a few days ago. There were a total of 13 people who were shot by a white supremacist in a grocery store. Like, imagine going to the grocery store and never coming home. So, you know, like you, like so many of us, I was devastated, angry, afraid, all of these emotions. And, you know, I've, I've watched some of the news, but frankly, anymore, I, I don't spend a lot of time watching the news because ultimately these conversations turn into a need for gun control and then a whole lot of hand-wringing why it can't happen. And so while this conversation, this podcast in the room is not about gun control, it is about leaders and it is about the things that happen to leaders and the kinds of the kinds of courage that leaders need to demonstrate. So like you, I watched the news. I was just, you know, it's it's incomprehensible. It's so incomprehensible. And the reality is that any one of us could be in a grocery store, in a church, in a synagogue, in a, in a subway, in a school. Any one of us could have our lives cut short. And why was I gut punched today? Well, I saw a post on LinkedIn and it basically said, you know, hey, if you posted and talked ad nauseum about the slap that Will Smith Um, did at the Oscars on Chris Rock a few months ago, but you're silent about the brutal murders of 10 African-American people by a white supremacist. You need to ask yourself, why? Why are you silent? Why are you silent? That was my question. Jenny, why are you silent? Why haven't you said anything? Yeah, I put one little post on LinkedIn but I was stopped cold and I really had to take stock. I haven't really said anything publicly. Now, you may be asking yourself, okay, Jenny, a lot of people haven't, some people are struggling, what have you. Yeah, you're right, that's true. But it was even more, it was even more powerful to me. You see, in preparation for this conversation in the room, I just jumped on CNN. I wanted to see what was the latest news coverage. Now we're about four days away from the assassination of 10 African-American people. Oddly, at 
the hour that I looked at CNN, there was no mention, no, no headline, no nothing. I don't know why that is. But it got me back to ask the question about my silence. And then I started to think about some of the posts that I had read on LinkedIn that said, if your African-American employees don't want to talk to you today, respect that. If your African-American employees call out sick today, respect that. And there was this long list, and you may have seen them if you've been on any of the LinkedIn posts about the murder murders. And I, so I, you know, I started to think about this. But what I started to home in on is leadership. And this, this experience that every single leader has, and that is every leader is impacted by the things that happen in the community, in the country, in the world, wherever. We're all impacted, but our role as leaders sometimes says that we should be silent because we don't want to ruffle any feathers. We should be silent because we don't want people to feel uncomfortable. We should be silent, or maybe better yet, we silence ourselves because we don't want to offend anyone. We don't want to, in a case like 10 murdered African-American people at the grocery store, we don't want to offend anybody. We don't want to say the wrong thing if we're Caucasian leaders and we have black or staff of color. We don't want to say anything that might be offensive. And so here in the room, I've made a commitment to talk about the things that we don't want to talk about, the things that impact leaders. And so this is a perfect example where I see blackface after blackface after blackface after blackface and some other communities as well talking about the gut-wrenching experience of seeing so many people shot down. And then conversely, silence from Caucasian faces. Now, I'm not saying any of this to stir people up around race. I'm not saying this because I'm trying to, you know, blow everybody up. That's not the point of this. The point is, is that there are groups of people if we're talking about women, if we're talking about black women, if we're talking about black people, if we're talking about Latinos, if we're talking about Asian people, if whatever we're talking about that is not white, what I find is that what I find is that Caucasian leaders sometimes don't know what to say, and their silence appears to become complicit or embracing of whatever events have happened. And what I want to say as a leader is that sometimes there's no damn perfect way to tell someone, how can I support you? Sometimes there's no perfect way to show and extend empathy when you're not really even sure how it feels to be in that person's shoes. But what is important is that in a leadership role, that we don't ignore it that we don't stuff it down, that we don't stuff the emotions of helplessness or stuff the emotions of rage or stuff the emotions of anger or frustration or just resignation, that we don't stuff it down because leaders are crucial and critical to be able sometimes to hold the space. 
Sometimes we have to be uncomfortable. Sometimes we will not know the right things to do, the right things to say to colleagues who don't look like us, don't have our experiences. But the important thing is, is we have to let them know that they matter, that they're important. But we do not have to solve anything for them. That is not what is important because that can actually create more challenge than not. So if you're a leader who doesn't know what to do when a staff member has experienced a community trauma, and this assassination of 10 African Americans is a community trauma. It's a, it's a trauma for those who are directly affected. People's mothers and grandmothers and fathers and sisters and brothers and sons have been disappeared from the earth. So yes, that is a trauma. There's a larger community trauma from people who are hundreds and thousands of miles away from it. And that is the piece that I'm talking about, that leadership really is critically necessary. So when I thought about my gut punch, my silence, my, my willingness to run more quickly to create a bonus podcast on Will Smith's slap, then I was even thinking about creating a podcast, a bonus podcast, a bonus episode of The Room to talk about the murders in Buffalo, New York. As I had my gut punch, gut checked, and I was stopped cold, and I thought about leadership, and I thought about all those employees who are coming to work every single day, who may be missing their production, they may be more agitated, they may be more withdrawn, they may be struggling with their anger at the people around them because someone in their community of other fellow employees has said something sideways, something that was offensive. It just all took me back to leadership. And I thought about this. Who did I become when the catastrophic traumatic event happened? As a leader, who did I become? Did I become numb? Did I become afraid to say the wrong thing? Did I struggle with how I would talk to my employees, my team the next day? Or did I just decide that I would say nothing because that was easier than doing the wrong thing, whatever the wrong thing might be? Or maybe something more deeply, how did I disconnect from my own feelings? Because we're not supposed to express feelings at work. We're supposed to be sanitized creatures when we get to work. But when I do disconnect from my feelings as a leader, that means I'm disconnecting from the relationships around me. That means people may see me as untouchable or invincible or perfect. Yeah, I said perfect. Other questions I had is, why did I just try to do business as usual? It wasn't a business as usual time. It still isn't. Today, it's still not business as usual. People are still in pain. People in your work area right now are in pain. Maybe they're African-American. Maybe they're Latinx. Maybe they're Asian. Maybe they're Asian Pacific Islander. Maybe they're Native American, First Peoples. Maybe they're Caucasian. But the bottom line is there are people who are in pain. So as leaders, what do we need to do 
to make sure that we are continuing to hold space, to hold the relationships necessary for that people can be able to feel human, to feel honored and respected. What do we need to do? It also made me think about what does my team need from me? So those of you who may have a number of different team members who show up every day and see you, what what did they need from you? Did they need you to be silent? Or did you choose to be silent because you were afraid? Did they need you to say, I'm so sorry? Or did they need you to just say, how can I support you? And then just stand there and not have to fill the silence. Did they need you to give them a day off? Did they need you to keep them busy? What did your team need from you? And that's a really important question for any and every leader to to ask. At some point on this podcast in the room, I'm going to share with you all a story. Actually, it's a series of stories. One of the most painful and long-lasting traumatic events that happened uh, in my leadership when I was leading at a very high level, leading a multi-million dollar organization. I'll, I'll share that with you. Because one of the questions that I wish somebody would have asked me is what does your team need from you right now? Not what did I think my team needed, but what did my team need from me? And of course, wrapped up in all of this are these ideas of what does it mean to be a leader? What does it mean to be a strong leader? What does it mean to be a vulnerable leader? Do men, males in leadership have the opportunity to cry with their team? Or are they seen as weak as we do with women who show emotion and cry with their team members? What do we need to challenge about the way that leadership is constructed? What do we need to ask ourselves as leaders when a traumatic community event happens? What do we need to ask ourselves? What do we need to sit down and take care of? Do we have a culture in our company where unconscious bias, for example, has been running rampant and leaving some people feeling like the in crowd and others feeling, frankly, like they do not belong, but they have to show up every day because they have a mortgage to pay and kids to feed? There's a lot of questions that the last two and a half years through COVID, the killing of George Floyd, the massive social disruption and unrest that people have experienced as a result of, you know, being shifted to remote work and all of the things that have happened. And I've listened to a number of leaders. Some leaders said, hey, our people are fine. There's no problem. But other leaders have realized that they had to start leading differently. We must lead differently. The leadership of 20 years ago, 10 years ago, it cannot survive and work in our current context. People need us to be empathetic. People need us to not solve the problems, but ask how can we be of service as leaders? People need us to shut the hell up and listen sometimes and be uncomfortable. That's what our people need from us. And frankly, that's what we need from our people. So that the bridges of connection and trust building and relationship building can be more solid, more connected. 
So my, my prayer is, my hope is really, that something in this podcast today, in the room, where we talk about things that leaders struggle with, that leaders don't want to give to the light of day, that hopefully something has resonated with you and for you. What I do know is that we can no longer afford to be numb as leaders. We can no longer afford to be disconnected as leaders. We can no longer afford to lead and pretend that our people aren't hurting, aren't struggling, aren't frustrated. We can no longer pretend that we can't invest the resources in our people to retain them and to help them grow and develop. And we can no longer afford to be silent, to be invisible when traumatic things happen that affect our people. We can't afford to do that. The world is not allowing that anymore. And so I just trust that something in this episode of The Room will resonate with you. Something will help you think differently. Something will help you ask better questions of yourself. Remember, you don't have to solve the problem. You have to create the space for the people to step forward and know like they know like they know that you got them, that you will protect them, that you will support them. And in that, that exchange, everybody, I believe, will be benefited and served. Hey, it's Jenny. Thank you so much for joining me in this week's episode of The Room, a safe place where leaders come together to talk about the things that we don't often share out loud. If you enjoyed your time in The Room, please like or subscribe on your favorite platform and leave a review. And if you want to learn more about our important work with leaders, head over to the website, leaderstransform.com and continue to be connected to our community. Thank you again for listening and make sure you invite someone to next week's episode of The Room.